0: Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel, here with Dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? What's up? Well, we've been doing our parenting series. We're, yeah. We kind of figured out after a couple episodes that parenting principles are basically principles for life. Yeah. So if you can figure this stuff out, uh, it's really applicable to many areas of life. So I wanted to talk today, and I don't know, maybe this one won't be applicable to every area of life, but... I want to talk today about responding to our kids' bad decisions, oh, or, that will or be. maybe I should use the word reacting. Yeah, uh, because it's a lot easier to react than to, uh, to, to than to respond. Yeah. Uh, correctly. And, you know, growing up, I was never really—I don't know—maybe as a kid, uh, concerned about telling you my bad decisions. Um, as a teenager, I think it gets a little more you communicate a little. As a kid, the the bad decisions are brought to you. But as a a, a (laughs) teenager, you start to realize more and more, oh, I made a really dumb decision here. But I never felt worried about telling you, even about a bad report card. I I never felt like, oh my gosh, I'm dead. But I know a lot of my friends, they're like, man, if my dad finds out about this, he'll kill me. Uh, Now, I'm sure yeah. there's a happy balance somewhere in the between, but I wasn't at all concerned about sharing with you. And I really feel like I got some of my best guidance when I admitted to you that I'd made a really big mistake and I didn't feel like you were going to react you or overreact or destroy my life. And I really feel like it it helped me grow a lot because um, I was I felt comfortable talking to you. But that has to have been built early on, I think. I think somewhere along the way, I figured out my dad is going to respond calmly, calmly. Uh, to whatever I bring to him, even if it's something that was really bad. So give me your take on your philosophy on that.
1: Yeah, well, um, I guess it's something I learned early. My my main experience, as you know, but others may not, came from being a, a principal of a Christian school. When I was 20-some uh, uh, years old, and you guys were just a little bitty. I mean, you weren't even in school when I started. And so all of a sudden, I'm responsible for 220 kids everywhere from four-year-old through high school. And I felt a responsibility for them, and so and I felt a biblical responsibility. So I started just really digging into the Word to figure out what are the principles and listening to everything I could and reading and articles and anything I could pick up that would teach me how to be a better parent, because I felt it was basically parenting. And, um, and one of the things I discovered is that there, you, you have to draw a distinction between rebellion mm. and childish irresponsibility. And, and childish irresponsibility is just the fact that kids are going to be kids and they are not adults. And they, the way we learn is by making mistakes. And so they are going to make mistakes just like we as adults do. Mm. And I just found that some, some adults forget what idiots they were when they were kids.
0: You know, yeah, I've it's heard just that, easy to do that. I've heard that called the curse of knowledge is you forget what it was like to not know. Yeah, uh, It's just like, you don't remember what it was like to not know it. You're like, well, how did they not know that? Well, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. I mean,
1: you're not born knowing that. You're not born knowing anything. And, and so you, there is, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And so there is foolishness. And that's something that the rod of reproof drives it far from them. And so foolishness is different than just irresponsibility. You know, just... Mm. Uh, foolishness is when I'm pressing the mark, pressing the mark, and I spill the milk. Childish irresponsibility is when they just their little arms are short and they don't reach out to put it way on the other side of the plate. And so consequently they're spilling the milk and you're always having to put it in front of the plate. But that's a long way out there for those little arms. And so that's just childish irresponsibility. And that you're you're not gonna discipline that out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna, let's quick distinction on that because one of the things I frustrated with Elise is always she puts her cup right on the table. They kids do that, right? With that, that would be considered foolish. She just doesn't think of the results of her decisions and the consequences are. If it's right there, I'm probably going to bump it and it's going right. to spill. If I have ketchup on my hands and I'm wearing a white shirt and put them on my thing, <laughs> I'm probably going to yeah. get ketchup on my white shirt. That would be something that's not worth, yeah, a, a a reaction or a battle over.
1: Right, because that's just childish irresponsibility. That's just Kids being kids and not thinking of well, so what if I get ketchup on it? You can wash it. Yeah, that's she's that's you a know? line
0: she uses all the time. Well, we can wash it. We can it, wash it. Come yeah. out. Yeah. But okay, we get frustrated though because she perpetually does it. At that, yeah. what point does it turn to outright rebellion? Or yeah, yeah. I, I think you
1: you probably well, you don't always know. But here, my philosophy was always this: when in doubt, assume it's irresponsibility. Because if it is rebellion, it will grow. <laughs> That's <a laughs> And good you point. will eventually know yeah, they, when it's
0: rebellion. They always say write write things off to ignorance or or idiot, being an idiot over malevolence first. Like yes. so yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because if it is rebellion, it does grow. Rebellion never stays the same. It grows and grows and grows until it's ultimately confronted and overcome. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Okay. So you're saying it's not
1: Most it, of the stuff that kids most of the stuff that a child who's brought up in a loving, kind, you know, like like most of the stuff you're going to be dealing with is just childish irresponsibility. Right. Now, that's frustrating. And you need to work on, put it out there. And then and there can be consequences for it, too. Okay, we've told you a lot of times to put your milk out there from, okay, so we're going to take the milk and we're going to put it over it. You can't drink it until you're done with your dinner now. Something like that. You know, right. Something fitting to the crime, right
0: though. just for the record though no kids drink milk today everyone's lactose intolerant oh that's true so, <laughs> yeah. okay, anyway, whatever you give them to drink the <laughs> almond milk, no, almond milk yes. Yeah. okay <laughs> yeah goat milk or whatever so that's that's a good point because i think part of the reason i felt so confident in bringing the bigger issues to you was you didn't react in the smaller issues yeah and i was like okay uh You know, it's again, it's a track record we build with our kids. They know they're watching us. They're watching how we respond. And even if you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm really chill about everything," they see what you're not really chill about. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: And you know, I didn't realize how important that was until I. I I've shared this before, where I asked all three of you guys because I was pastoring and I thought, "Man, I need need to know how to help parents. What did we do right? You know, because I could think of all the things we did wrong. So I asked all three of you, and Karis is the one who said, um, you know, uh, she said. You know, I, I thought I could, I felt like I could bring anything to you guys and you wouldn't freak out. And I thought, well, I, I, so what is the big deal about that? She said, my friends would come to me for counsel. And I'm thinking, I'm a kid. I don't know. Have you talked to your parents about it? Oh, no, I couldn't talk to my parents <laughs> about it. They, so they were left out there just on their own having to go to their friends for counsel.
0: Yeah, right. Which going to your friends, I mean, that's just pooling ignorance. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You
1: just get a big pool of ignorance. Yeah, that's all you do. Because yeah, you, yeah. you know, they don't know anything more than you do. They haven't been down the road any further than you have. And so they're not the ones to go to. So you want your kids to feel comfortable coming to you. And when she said, she said, I knew I could come to you guys and you wouldn't freak out. She said, now mom was probably freaking out on the inside, but she kept it calm on the outside. And yeah. I had to tell her, I was freaking out sometimes too. But you just, you, you call, keep it calm. A lot of times your freak out has to do with, oh, how's it going to make me feel? How's mm-hmm. it going to make me look? How's, if people find out, what are people going to say? You go, you know what? You can't control what people are going to say.
0: So let's jump from that to something really big that I'm hearing okay. from a lot of parents is they're like, my kids are coming to me talking about stuff they're learning at school about transgenderism, mm-hmm. homosexuality, things like that. And maybe even saying, I don't know, sometimes maybe I'm drawn to that or whatever. Uh, that's a tough one to not react to. And But does the same principle apply on the big stuff like yeah. that? Instead of like, oh, you know, I crashed the car, I got a dent in the door. We're talking about stuff where parents like, they lose it over these kind of things, like. Yeah. So, does the same principle apply? Oh, do you think
1: mo- maybe more so mm. there because those are the kind of issues you want them talking to you about, not talking to their friends, or not going to their teachers, or not going to other people that are you know you want them coming to you. Yeah. On those big ones.
0: Which I mean, so Andy Stanley got in trouble recently because he did a he didn't do the conference, <laughs> he but he gets in hosts, trouble a lot. Yeah, he, Yeah. yeah. Well, he hosted a conference about, uh, I think think it was about transgenderism or homosexuality or something.
1: For parents of transgender kids. Yeah, it wasn't
0: like, we're now affirming this. He even said we don't affirm that if you listen to him. But he got in trouble because he said, look, if they can't talk, he's like, we know we're winning when these kids are willing to talk to their youth pastors or their parents about it. Yeah, He's like, if they can't talk about it in the safe environment of their home who are they gonna go to? Not anybody that loves them more than you do. Right, and this, yeah. I mean, this applies in the same way. It's like, yeah, exactly. it's an uncomfortable conversation. I don't wanna know that my kid made a stupid mistake, right? Yeah. And and if you take it personally, again, it's a kind of a narcissistic thing to take it personally that your kid yeah. screwed up. Well, I didn't prepare them or something. That's It's just- it does. It's not about you. It's not about, no. yeah, that's a really important point. But I think that's it's that same principle that Andy Stanley said, And again, it got him in tons of trouble because most of us would rather not look at uncomfortable things. Yeah, yeah, It's a major problem we have is we'd rather not look at uncomfortable things, but uncomfortable things are gonna happen. And if they're not willing to talk to you, they're gonna talk to somebody. And I guarantee you, nobody loves them as much as you do. So let them talk to you about it.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is the reason they're gonna talk to you about those big things is that you are accepting when they make stupid little mistakes. Yeah. Because you you don't expect them to come to you, the big things if you've, and you know, the other thing is when they come to you, those big things, a lot of times they are testing the water. They're not just come to you and say, Hey dad, guess what? I'm thinking about this. You know, I I may be a girl. They're going to come to you and they're going to say, they're going to be throwing some chum in the water, you know, chum stuff you draw fish with to see how you react. Well, you know, a friend of mine or, you know, Mm. that kind of thing, you know, he's kind of questioning. And if you're going, wow, that stupid kid. He just needs to know there's boys and there's girls and there's no in between. Well, uh, You just shut them down, man. You know?
0: Yeah. It, it's a fine line. I mean, again, and expanding this principle out even more, I think about that with God. You know, I think if we're not comfortable bringing our biggest failures to God, who are we going to go to? We're going to live in shame. Yeah. And it's that same principle. I mean, in many ways, parents are godlike figures to their kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Our picture of God often comes from the first image we got, particularly of our Father. Um, and and I think that's a huge thing. Like, if you're not... I talk to t- people sometimes, I'm like, I think you need to yell at God a little about how you're feeling. Sure. Well, that's irreverent. Who, who am I to yell at an almighty God? Well, what are you going to do otherwise? Because the feeling is still there. If you don't feel good bringing it to Him, who are you going to bring it yeah. to? I'm sure the devil would gladly side with you. Yeah. but. David a, got
1: upset with him quite a bit. In fact, Jeremiah one time says, Lord, you deceived me. You, you lied to
0: me. Well, you deceived me. And I was
1: deceived, he said, you know, and I, I've been there. I felt that way, you know.
0: if And if and if you don't feel comfortable bringing it to really the omnipotent yeah. person in your life, which in many ways, our parents are omnipotent. Uh, we've kind of ceded some of that to our kids, making them think we're omnipotent in this jacked up world we're in. But yeah, yeah. Uh, really, the parents should be the ones that the control yeah. of the house and, and then ever-increasing releasing that to them. But they've got to feel... I mean, even now, I, I you're my... you're my, Well, that's how I do a podcast with you. You're my favorite advisor. <laughs> uh, but that's been built over years. And I think a lot of people think that my kid, once they get an adult, they'll feel comfortable talking to me about things. Uh-uh. No. If you haven't established that early yeah. on, um, that you're a safe place to talk to about anything, yeah. you're not gonna get it as they get older. And you've talked about how our... I feel like our relationship is even richer now as we're older but that started way back when. Yeah.
1: And you know what? One of the keys is, and this seems counterintuitive, one of the keys is that you are open enough to your kids that they know you do dumb things too. <laughs> yeah. Because if they think that you're flawless, right? I mean, you know, you I, you know of times I've come. I had we had a family sit-down one time when I think it was Jonathan, he said, or maybe it was you. Somebody said, Well, there's no sense even talking to you when you've got that face on like, what do you mean that face? <laughs> I said something to your mom and she says Oh, I know the face he's talking
0: about. Wait that, yeah. a minute. And that was Jonathan that brought that up. I was, was like, that Jonathan? and I was kinda like, Oh, I can't believe you said that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we had a family meeting and I said I realized, okay, you guys all know what the face is, apparently. Yeah. And I we just I said, Okay, let's sit down and took you out to dinner or something, lunch or something, and uh and I just said, Hey, I don't want it to be this way. Um, tell me when that face is there because I want you to be able to talk to me. And I, I think it's it's humbling yourself before your kids. And again, that's counterintuitive because you think, oh, if I ever admit that I made a mistake, well, then they'll yeah. they'll realize I'm actually human. Yeah. Well, that it, you can't expect people to open up to you if you hide behind a wall to them because it has
0: to start with you because you're the adult. Which, again, I hate to take this to a 10,000 foot level, or maybe it's a... 10 foot level, <laughs> but God did that very same thing. He humbled himself and came in the form of a man, yeah. being in the likeness of a man. He humbled himself, not considered equality. We got something to be grasped, but humbled himself. And he literally became one of us and showed I, like, I, I mean, that's that's the principle you're talking about there. Yeah. Until you're willing to be humble and even bring yourself to like kneel down and talk to your kids on a service face to the face, leave them, even though you should be the one at the top. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic though, too. Well, but but the there's more is, respect, I think, that's gained.
1: Yeah, because when you are at the top, you don't have to act like you're at the top.
0: Wow, that's powerful. You yeah. never
1: have to get angry with, I mean, okay, this is a lot easier said than done. You never have to get angry with your kids because you're in charge. Right. And so all you have to do is say, this is what you need to do. Now go do it. Oh, you're not doing it? Wow, we're going to have to have some consequences here. Because you are you are the boss
0: that's hard though to take the emotion out of it, oh, it so is. what is i mean what is the key to taking the emotion out well, of it? because that's I, again a lot of it's kind of a you take it personally you're like oh you know yeah or sometimes what they did literally affected the bottom line on finances or something like that because you're yeah. like wow this car is gonna have to be repaired now yeah. yeah
1: well and when they're at that level they need to be the ones suffering the consequences of it they mm-hmm. need to they need to repair it they need to pay for it well they don't have that much money well they need to put out every dime they've got you know mm-hmm. and, and and then work for the next 10 years to pay for it or whatever you know in other words i've seen so many parents who spare their kids the consequences of their folly and that you don't do because then uh, mom's got to bail me out dad's got to bail me out next time and that's how we learn that's how we all learn is by suffering the consequences you know it's like when the uh, when the pain of the consequence is greater than the pain of not doing anything about it. And nah, ask something like that. You can figure out what I'm saying. Yeah, well,
0: pain, pain makes us change stuff. Yeah. Pain's That's the, the bottom best motivator. Line, yeah. yeah, pain makes you go, oh, We snap, do something. I need yeah. to change something, yeah, yeah. You
1: brought up a really good one. And let me just say this, though. How do you keep from getting angry with your kids? And I, I saw a chart one time that helped me so much. It was one of those little timeline charts. And it starts like, here's how your evening goes. And it starts with your anger levels down at the zero. And time goes, and now it's 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock. And the kid does something, you get a little angry. You don't do anything. Kid does something, you get a little angry. Kid does something, you get a little angry. Pretty soon you're up here, you're like really boiling inside. And then you go, John, Michael, and all of a sudden he obeys. And you think it's because you yelled at him. <laughs> no, it's because he knows next comes action. Mm. Okay, something's going to happen that's going to be really unpleasant for me. Well, why not just take that, instead of yelling at him, take that and draw it back. And the first time that he does something wrong, when you're not angry, say, wow, we're just going to have to. There's going to be some consequences for that. Matt, so it breaks my heart that you're going to have to do this, but you you earned it. The wages of sin is death. Now, you're not going to kill them, but the wages of sin, the wages of what they've done, let them, before you get all angry, yeah. and you don't have to, it's not the yelling that caused them to respond. It's the fact that they know, ooh, something's going to happen. So if you just say, hey, something's going to happen, and you do it, next time, you won't have to get all
0: angry about it. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.